Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us. We're in a lot of trouble. In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Hello and welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. We're just chuckling off air at I love our boss. And in full disclosure, like I came to Blue Water through Dan Morris, and it's been a slow burn for me getting to know Rick Peters. Yeah, he didn't lead off with with it like I did. And <laughs> the more I get to know him, I I love the guy. He's a solid dude. We're, He's really good. We're really, really, really lucky um, to work for him. His resume is, it blows everybody I know out of the water. Dude's well, amazing. He's an amazing mentor as well. He really is. And people, you know, I plan on trying to have him on my show for the hour. Um, yeah. If he'll stay late one night. Oh, get him and, some LaCroix. He'll stay. And people are like, well, now you're just copying Baron. <laughs> Why is why is Baron in '84 and Emily Hayes? Why are all these people on all these shows? We're a family. Because we're a family. That's what we do. We hang out with each other. We we yeah. we, we spend every day together. Yes. Every day, every morning, I'm with Greg and Rich and Jay. That- and this is what I was uh, telling you off air. It's like my roommates Andrew and Jonathan. I'll see my brother Will at Christmas. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in college, I had all sorts of friends, and everybody goes home. Yeah. And you go and you stay with your families, and that's how it's supposed to be. But there's a part of me that's like, why can't I be in a sitcom? Why can't I have a How I Met Your Mother Friends sort of Christmas episode with my friends? Yeah. And my non-blood family, so to speak. And sometimes I miss that. You know, the, yeah. can you imagine Christmas Day with like you and me and Baron? And oh my God! It would be a crazy Christmas Day. <laughs> that would that would be uh, that would be hilarious because Greg would cater. Greg would cook yeah. everything. Oh yeah, and um, I think Baron and I would be in charge of adult beverages, and then Jay would have the audio visual setup. And Rich would just have those zingers. Oh, man, that would be so much fun. See, but Jay, while he's setting everything up, quietly be throwing zingers himself. He does. Because you know how he is. He does. He's, he's, uh... And I don't yeah. want to reveal too much about uh, Mr. Scott there, but he's a great he's, guy. He's funny. And I have to credit him. I realize this watching The Last Jedi. I haven't seen it yet. And I, I talked about it on Monday with Troy. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't spoil anything. Yeah, I, I heard you guys on Monday for a little bit. I think we did a good job not spoiling Yeah. But uh, Mark Hamill, I've been watching a lot of interviews since seeing the movie. And it's because Jay asked me on their 300th episode of In-Game Chat. It's like, we've got a lot. I don't usually do this, but we've got, it's a big show. So we're having a lot of people call in. I don't want to, you know, just throw people on hold, all this stuff. So can you answer the phones? It's back when that room behind you, the producer's booth, was still functioning. Oh, okay. So I came in on a Saturday. It's before I ever started doing Saturday shows. Took time out of my day, and I was sitting in the producer's room answering phone calls. 
And I pick up the phone and say, in-game chat, uh, who's this? Hi, this is Mark Hamill. <laughs> and, you know, little radio behind the scenes. We get some call-in guests, especially folks that you know are just sitting in some studio for their business. They've got a call list. And they're calling every radio station and doing a 15-minute spot. They're calling Montgomery at 8.15. They're calling Sacramento at 8.30. They're calling yeah. New York at 8.45. And so they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I got the right place. Yeah, let's get on with this. And they don't say that bluntly, but you can tell. That they're there to get in, to get out. Mm-hmm. To promote whatever they're pushing. Actually, that's how it was with Trump. Hope Hicks was on. And I don't usually share this sort of stuff with you, Emily. But when Hope Hicks was in that tuxedo over in China, whoa. <laughs> the heterosexual male in me came out. It was like, whoop. Oh, wow. I don't know why. <laughs> but apparently she was on the phone. And it's like, uh, yeah, how long are you until the beginning of the show? I'm like, we're about a minute and a half out. It's like, well, let me know when it's a minute. Mr. Trump is a very busy man. <laughs> like, no crap, lady. I didn't say that. That's what yeah. I thought. I'm like, oh, well, of course. Please tell me. Okay, now we're a minute out. I'll patch y'all through. You'll hear the open of the show. We'll be good. But uh, Mark Hamill was nothing like that. Like, hey, Mark, how are you doing? And he was, I'm doing fantastic. I'm happy to call in. He was like the nicest, most down-to-earth guy. And so thank you to Jay for, I, I can say, and it's a little moment. It's not that important, but it's cool. It's like, he's not just this far away being, an actor. He's a real person. Yeah. And he does a great, like, he's in, I think, nerd culture, and I'm not much of one. I'm a neophyte to nerd culture. But he is, like, I think he's obviously known as Luke Skywalker, but his voice as the Joker is brilliant. And he did a stint kind of nodding at that on The Flash. The CW's The Flash where uh, he's the trickster. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen Hamill do his voice acting, like, video of him? Like, in the studio? Yeah. No, I've not, but I will look it up now. Because he, um... When you do voice acting, you really do have to get in character. Yeah. So when he, he becomes the Joker, his face goes. <laughs> it's insane to watch him do that, um, and I'm not even doing him justice with my voice acting. But yeah, it would be a fun time to be able to spend Christmas with the people you're usually always around. Yeah, like I said, they they become your family. I mean, you as you're growing up, you spend. Every day with your family. Yeah. You're, you're there with, and that's, you know, so it's just a logical progression as you get older that the, you're spending your day with, you're spending eight hours a day with people that you work with and they become like your work family. Yeah. And so people make up the little terms like work husband or work wife or, you know, things like that. Um, Do you but, think that's going to go out of style now with the current zeitgeist? I don't know. I just want everything to calm down and then I'll look at it. <laughs> It gets it's it's overwhelming, but um. I got a story to tell you off air. Oh. I'll just put it this way: when I went on my trip, uh-huh. I went to Ground Zero. Some situation I still don't know what happened. Oh, we'll cancel yeah. off air. It was crazy. Ooh. But yeah. Um, you know, talking about getting your friends together and getting your workmates together and and having a holiday celebration. It, when I started Radio in Mobile. Mm-hmm. There were there were a couple of years I couldn't go home for proper Christmas. Like I could not get to my mom's in, in Atlanta and do proper Christmas Eve the way we were doing it at that time. Yeah. Because um, now that we're older and all but one of us, me, 
or married, married or engaged yeah. and has kids. It's we've changed up the way we do things and like we did that we did our family Christmas like with my mom and yeah. all my sisters and brother and their husband, wife, fiance, nephews, dogs. We did all that last weekend and then this weekend we'll do Christmas with my dad. And that's just me and my brother and sister and their spouses and their kids and me. Do you make roast beast? Uh, I make dressing. You make dressing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can be domestic at times. I've always wondered, because I loved the Grinch cartoon when I was a kid. Yeah. Still love it. Yeah. Um, it's like, and he carved the roast beast. <laughs> it always made me giggle, and I'm like, what type of beast is that roast beast? Like, we have beast? gone through, we have gone through, <laughs> I'm getting off track now, but we have gone through some really intense holidays with my dad, and bless my dad's heart, I think this is the first time that we will all be, like, daddy will be with all of his kids on Christmas Eve since before my parents got divorced. So, it's probably, wow. it's probably since 1985. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, the way everything worked out is that mom had us, then dad had us after that to New Year. Right. And um, and so we, we would go to daddy's for Thanksgiving. No, I saw it, uh, and this has affected my family, it's affected most families. Yeah. Um, but strangely, because so many people are getting divorced, mm-hmm. that it's growing families. Because I've seen in my own family, people get divorced, but they stay friends of the family. And, like, people have, like, a... Like, I've seen divorced people in my family who realize we can't be married to each other, but now that we're not, we can be friends. Yeah, that's not the case with my parents. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, if, if, it's, if it's something concerning me, Brian, or Elizabeth, or my nephews... Yeah. Like, we, we can all be together and be civil and all that stuff. It's not like they get into a room and it's... There it's, are some folks like that. Yeah, there are some... I know some folks like that. But we we can all be in a room. We can all be at a thing together. We can all be in an event together. Good. And, and be just fine. Um, but we're not spending holidays together. And my family, you know, I'm... Some people can get upset about divorce and, and some kids have a harder time adjusting to it than others... But I've always looked at it as, oh, great, because I, I have amazing step parents, right? And I think that's made it easier for me. But my stepmom Sarah and her family have always been so very great to me, and um, I'm very lucky to have an extra set of aunts and some more cousins. And my stepfather Danny, his family, you know, my mom and stepdad got married when I was very very young. I was three, and that side of the family never differentiated between you know once Aaron and Laura were born and those were their actual yeah. blood grandchildren they never they never made it a, a a noticeable difference between us we never called each other half sisters right. or I, you know it's just it was that's my sister well they become technicalities where they really do because i loved I love them all with my whole heart, and when my step-great-grandmother passed, and when my step-great-grandfather passed, and when my step-grandfather passed on uh, my stepdad's side of the family, ripped me apart, just like when my buddy Ro passed, which is my, you know, paternal yeah. uh, grandfather, and, you know, that, man, you spend too much time on technicalities, and, uh, and you lose sight of everything. You can either have this huge 
group of people that love you and you love them back and it's all good or you can sit there and dwell on the fact that oh my parents got divorced when I was 18 months old I have no idea what they were like together but man I wish they would have stayed together that's crap they didn't like each other no wouldn't have wanted to grow up that way wouldn't have wanted to do family holidays that way but you know it's evolved I guess every 10 ish years in my family how we celebrate the holidays and um and when I couldn't go home for Christmas my friends my workmates, whoever was still in Mobile, we would go do a big uh, Christmas brunch. Mm. And I love when those pictures, sh- and they're about to start showing back up on the time hop thing or the yeah. on this day thing. I can't wait for them to show up because it's it's like a, a time capsule because we would always have brunch at the Blind Mule. And it's before, you know, there's going to be some pictures where the mural isn't painted and... And and you're going to see bad haircuts on people. And there was a time where you had bottle service at the table, but we ruined that the Christmas that we made a champagne bottle pyramid in the courtyard. And it eventually fell over because people were drunk and trying to climb trees. But it was an amazing time. And that's what we did with our friends and family, the people that we saw every day. We call it a framly. Friend family? Framly. 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 Friend family. Friend framer. I'm talking too much, Joey. Oh, no. I like it when you talk. <laughs> Like I said before we went out, I like talking to you, Emily. I love you. I love that somebody's come up with like a love triangle. Oh yeah. Have you have you did you see that on Facebook? So much drama (laughs) that it's like you and Jay. I thought it was you and Jay, but I think it's you and Joey. Dun dun dun. (laughs) You'll never know. That's why there's not cameras in here, y'all. Yeah, that's we're, fine. We're clever. Like if they had cameras in here, see me choking myself with a scarf. Yeah, this is, this is a swell scarf. No, I've started to give in to the crazy. Oh, I embraced that a long time ago. Yeah, it's a good fit for me. Yeah, you just let it happen. Yeah. And then, like, I'm on track to be that eccentric old lady that's in the bar right when they open at 3 o'clock in the corner smoking, like, Pall Mall 100s and... You know, drinking a tumbler full of whiskey. Playing. So you're telling me I shouldn't ignore that person the next time? No, I it's, it's. I mean, give me 40 years. That's going to be me. Like just drawing my social security check just over there at happy hour. You're blowing up my image of the world. It's like, man, these people you take for granted. You step over them when you're going in. Just stop for a second and ask. They them have a the best stories. The best. The best stories. Like. They're over there. They're not bothering anybody. They may be running the jukebox. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like hipster old lady. I saw this band for $5 at a hole in a wall. You don't know nothing, you kids. My, my. Pretty sure that's That's my fate. And maybe I'll just find some really nice hole-in-the-wall bar that'll let me bring my cats in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just be like in the corners. Old Lady Hayes. Oh, my God. My life's falling apart. What no, it's not. Antique Roadshow and cats are No, I love Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, it's I wonderful. love it. Old Peepaw's cabinet found a mm-hmm. found a little flint. A little Maybe an Indian arrowhead. Nope, nope. That's just some charcoal. No, no. Well, and uh, probably next week, I'm going to start ranting and raving about some of the stuff going on in Washington, D.C. Okay. Not tonight. No, no, no. Tonight, we just do what you and I do, which is not have here, a clear path. Real quick, to talk about. real quick, before mm-hmm. we go to the record of the day, which I asked you about, we're going to hit Rich Thomas Weather. Rich so we Thomas love Rich. Weather. We love Rich. He's amazing. And seriously, I grew up with, like, Rich Thomas is the weather guy here in yeah. Montgomery. He worked with my Aunt Kim um, over at WSFA. And uh, and the, having, getting to know him over the last year or two mm-hmm. has been amazing. 
Like it again, it's this theme I'm going through of like, oh, everybody's got their role and everybody stays in their lane. But if you just take a second to step out of the role you're in at work or whatever, and I'm not saying be inappropriate because that's a whole other bag of no, uh, yeah. But if you just take a second to get to know somebody, it will change you. And you, if you can start to see people not as, oh, that's the person who takes my money when I go to the gas station, just have a conversation real quick. Maybe it doesn't take any yep. extra effort to be kind to somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that you would want to. So we're going to hit Rich Thomas Weather. Uh-huh. Rich Thomas Weather! Boom, And then we'll be back with the song of the day. It's, well, an Emily Hayes Christmas special. (laughs) If it concerns your community, you'll hear about it on News Talk 93.1. News Talk 93.1 FM WACV. The Rich Thomas Weather Network, brought to you by AFS Foundation and Waterproofing Specialists. For a free quote, call 1-800-577-2058. AFS Foundation and Waterproofing Specialists. They support everything you love. Rich Thomas Weather. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to winter officially now, even though it feels like springtime. Tonight, becoming mostly cloudy. Some patchy fog developing again late tonight, overnight low 53. Tomorrow, high temperature right around 71. Should be mostly cloudy. Maybe some scattered showers around tomorrow and tomorrow night. Low tomorrow night, 61. Then on Saturday, showers are likely maybe the rumble of thunder or two. High temperature in the upper 60s. Cooler Sunday with scattered showers, high in the mid-50s. Then Arctic air on Christmas Day with highs only in the 40s. Our weather app keeps you on top of weather changes before they happen. 10-day forecast, hourly forecast, radar, future radar, current conditions, and a lot more. Go to the App Store and search Rich Thomas Weather. From the Blue Water Weather Center, this is Rich Thomas. Intellectually honest, philosophically consistent radio. News and views from 9 till noon. Only on News Talk 93.1 FM, WACV. Welcome back to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't even do the little sounder. Joey Clark. That's another person in the radio family. I just love Kristen. Yeah, I felt like what I did, though, was a little creepy. I said, hey, Kristen, very simple, can you just say my name? Goes, you didn't tell her, like, I need you to record my name so I can have it on a hot and She key goes, and... Joey Clark. And I go, perfect. Can you record that? And she's like, yeah, sure. And, you know, Joey Clark. Clean. Joey Clark. One other filter. Joey Clark. And other filter. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, and that's what it's like in my head. Joey Clark, Joey Clark. You're a narcissist. You crazy SOB. But you're very sweet and insecure. But also, you come across <laughs> as arrogant. <laughs> come across as arrogant. <laughs> and wish people a Merry Christmas, even though you're not that into the holidays. Oh, you got to get people gifts, but they don't really want to get people gifts because it's not coming from a like genuine place. Because you always want to, when you give a gift, for it to be like the biggest, greatest thing in the world when you know it's really just the gesture that counts. And, and it's like, ah, Joey, Joey Clark, Clark, Joey, Joey Clark, Clark, Joey Clark. <laughs> that said, <laughs> let's set up the record of the day. Okay. Um, before we started the show tonight, Joey said, I want an Emily Hayes Christmas soundtrack. Yeah. And um, this is something I talked about earlier on News and Views. I, um, I moved around a lot as a kid yeah. and or as an adult as well. Um, music has always been the, you know, the scenery changed, but the music was the same. And I would build on artist upon artist upon artist. And uh, everyone in my family is really big into music. My sister Elizabeth and I, we love this song so 
much. We love this song so much because it's all the like best 80s English pop stars. It's, you know, <laughs> the video is a time capsule of awesomeness. Boy George's voice is so sweet. It's so sweet. And then Bono comes in, and it's before we really knew how pompous Bono could be. And don't, don't be mad at me, Jay Scott. I love you too as well. You too, the band. Um, but when Bono comes in, Elizabeth and I will just get very dramatic because Bono's like, Everything's really fine and nice and sweet for Do They Know It's Christmas. And then Bono comes in with, Well, tonight, thank God it's there. <laughs> like, he's very, like, overly dramatic about it. And then you've got Phil Collins on drums and well, Simon LeBon. And it's just, it's great. It's so perfect. I love it. And boy, George's voice just, This Christmas time. It's so good. It's Christmas time. No need to be afraid. No need to be afraid. At Christmas time. At Christmas time. I wish you would have done the video so you could see the shade. In our world of plenty, we can spread a smile of joy. Throw your arms around the world at Christmas time. George Michael. Oh, rest in peace. Simon
just... That is... Elizabeth and I love that so much. I don't know. I'm just sitting here, though, and, I, and I'm not even watching the video, but the way you're describing it, it's like... You've got to see Bono do the the, no, it's awesome. the fist in the air pump. It's, and then Boy George has these little ooh-ohs throughout the song. And they'll yeah. pan back to Boy George. It's full-on Boy George. It's so great. It's so great. Well, and No, and it's a good, well-put-together song. But I'm sitting there, like, and the lyrics are scrolling right in yeah. front of me. It is such a, like, I'm thinking of, like, white savior complex. <laughs> <laughs> like, do the people in Africa know it's even Christmas? Those poor people. But you know that the U.S. pop stars countered that with, what was it? We We Are Are the the World. world. Yeah, I mean, the Brits did it first. Um, The Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan in that video. He looks so miserable when he's doing it. It's just like, crap, why am I here? No, and I think it's because Dylan's on to what I'm talking about. It's like, we're going to save the world by all of us rich pop stars jumping into a studio and singing together. Recording a single and people buying it. But, I mean, do they know it's Christmas? It's a it's little... It's just so great. And, there, and there's so much There's so much wrapped up into that beyond the fact that it's a Christmas song and it's a benefit song and all that stuff. You know, it's 80s pop stars. And that was, you know, my big sister is three years older than me. Hmm. She dressed as Cindy Lauper for, I think, three years for Halloween. Yeah. It was always very jealous because she got the, the spray paint, the hair spray paint. Mom would do that. And uh, what did I get to dress up as? A clown. You were dressed up as a clown. Wow. Yeah, it was not so great. But um, Elizabeth always got to do the fun stuff. But, you know, the 80s pop stars, that's the stuff that she and I loved growing up and, and all that jazz. So there's there's just a lot of nostalgia wrapped up into that. I will tell you, our go-to family uh, Christmas soundtrack when we're all together is the Vince Guaraldi Trio Charlie Brown Christmas record. Okay. Yeah, like... We've bought and rebought and rebought that album so many times. I love it. All my sisters love it. I'm pretty sure Brian loves. I don't, you know, I don't know what Brian loves, um, but as far as Christmas music, but that is. I went on a big TSO kick for a while. Went with Troy. I can't do. I can't. It's too intense for me. I, we went to at the BJCC several years ago. Really? It was amazing. I'm sure it is. I think like, it would be cool to see in person. But my like like violin, violin like solo offs with the keyboardist, then goes ham on the on the keys, and then the guitarists are dueling, and one ooh. guitarist like goes into voodoo. Child. <laughs> oh, I'll raise you voodoo child with eruption by Van Halen as I rise on a pillar 40 feet in the air. <laughs> now, p- pillars of fire rise up above us and then... It didn't happen at our concert. But um, my roommate Andrew, I think, told me this story where he went to a TSO show and he's in middle school, For those of you school. that don't know what he's talking about, it's Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. And, you know, they travel all over the world and yeah. country, especially during Christmas time. Incredible show. And Andrew said he noticed before the show, out in, you know, in the main lobby area, like, you know, these big arenas, yeah. that there was this homeless guy, like, or he looked homeless, like, you know, clothes ripping. He either looked homeless or like a comedian or a Silicon Valley investor. Hmm. Uh, one of those. Um, so he is, like, rummaging through, like, trash out in the lobby. And Andrew sees him, and it's like, that's interesting. And uh, the show starts, 
about midway through the show, that guy walks on stage and begins to sing in the most beautiful operatic voice about essentially I think the theme of it was like everybody is is the same the face of God and we're all Jesus or it it was like the most touching song number one but a piece of performance art yeah that he was like out there as a homeless guy seeing who and it made people step back who maybe didn't go talk to him go oh wow you never know kind of goes back to our theme of, of you never know yeah um now, I'm a homer. Like, you know where I'm going with in terms of Christmas music. Do I? Who am I picking? Who's my favorite artist? Do you have Prince? Yeah. <laughs> he has one Christmas song. A Purple Christmas with Joey Clark. I don't think he did the We Are The World stuff. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't think he's in. Weird. No, no. He wasn't much of a joiner. No, no, he wasn't. No. Oh man, I, I never got into We Are the World. I was solid, solid. Do they know it's Christmas? Right. I, I mean, I'm a bit of an Anglophile, and I'm with the Brits on that one. Right. I'm with you there. They too. had the better benefit for Africa song. But Prince, and this is like the Purple Rain era, mm-hmm. which is production-wise probably one of my favorites. Like, just the sense he's using and the big sound he's getting out of just being a one-man band. It's, yeah. it's remarkable. And it it's weird to put it this way, but it sounds like Minneapolis. Like, the sound comes from a place that's cold. That's, that's not weird. No, that well, makes but sense. It's, yeah, it's like how Muscle Shoals has its sound, and mm-hmm. it makes sense when you look at the environment. The song I'm about to play, called Another Lonely Christmas, oh. um, is... It, it comes from a place of being lonely, feeling broken during Christmas time. And let's face it, that's a reality. I think yeah. my last few Christmases, I've felt a lot like that. This year, I'm doing well. Like, I mean it. I've embraced the crazy. I'm feeling good. I'm looking forward to seeing family, uh, you know, hanging out tonight. And I'm already in the holiday spirit. For anybody who's listened to me the last few days, that's the mood I'm in. Yeah. Like, I'm in a good mood. But I remember what it's like to feel like this. But I imagine... Without, there's no video for the song, I, I believe. It's just the music, but I'm imagining like a frozen over pond or lake, and there's snow everywhere, and it's this guy remembering somebody lost around the time of Christmas. But uh, let's see if this goes ahead and plays for a second. It'll give it a moment. Yes, we'll give it just a minute. It'll come on and play. The internet is so slow here. See, I had this big, dramatic, Up the imagery. Yeah. He's always the good heavens. The purple one. 
And it sets it up where you think it's about, like, a relationship gone bad. When the next, I think the next verse starts, no. It's, it's not about, it's a different type of heartbreak. It's the worst type of heartbreak. Um, that's why I like it. It's such a evocative song. Nope. The next verse. <laughs> but yeah, I love the production sound, like that big, like that. Alicia Keys talks about this, how she learned from Prince, like a song should evoke an emotion more than anything that has to do with. Um, like, oh, let's craft an interesting story. It should, at the end of the day, it should evoke a particular emotion, whether it's joy or despair or missing somebody you lost. And, you know, I think we can all relate to the holiday feeling of, I've missed that person. Yeah. I wish that person was still around. And a lot of people were quoting a line in the song after uh, his royal badness died. Your father said it was pneumonia. What a fruit. <laughs> as long as I can hear you smiling, baby. You won't hear my Yeah, that one line, your mother said it was pneumonia, your father said it was stress, but the doctor says you're dead, and I say it's senseless. Um, A lot of people were quoting that when he passed. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this icon dies alone in an elevator. It's it's similar to Michael Jackson. It was a gut punch when that news came through, and uh, I believe I left work early that day. See, but I love that because it's such a, like, it doesn't, if that's made up, holy crap. Yeah. That seems like a true story. Well, you know, um, artists can, can, especially somebody like Prince, they can pull from other people's experiences and feel, and feel those feelings. True. Um, but. But then you get into like the, I don't know, for me, that is like a gut punch I, I was scared to play, but whatever. I mean, it's one of my favorites because it is still a gut punch to me, no mm-hmm. matter. I've heard it hundreds of times. Uh, but then you get like, here, I'll pull it up. Uh, what is it? Uh, ones that are like the silly heartbreak. It's like love actually heartbreak. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I think you know where I'm going. Where uh, he was in the, uh, do they really know it's Christmas? Yes, I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I will over exaggerate this song sometimes. <laughs> like I'll get yeah, I'll and get really, real I'll get real breathy with it. See, so we just listened to a song about somebody dying from pneumonia or whatever. But you listen to the lyrics of this song. It's so it's such like puppy love, love gone wrong. But it's I don't know. Rest in peace, George Michael. Yeah, too. I mean it's a great it's a great song. It is a very it's an overlooked song. song. I mean, wham. I don't know. The, I like the sad Christmas song. I would rather hear that than hear freaking Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." If I <laughs> never, I would go and buy tickets to see the Eagles in Birmingham and buy their box set and listen to it for a week straight. And you hate the Eagles to make it yeah, clear. yeah. If I could rid the world. Of that Mariah Carey song. That is how, like, you know what? I hate it more than I is hate the Eagles. Is this just the hipster in you? No, no, I'm not a hipster. I'm, I'm, Wait, you said when you get older and I'll you're be the, all decrepit I'll be the, in the bar. I'll be the old lady hipster. Oh, so you'll only become a hipster at a certain age. Well, it'll be hipster-esque for me to be like, you know, I saw, I saw this band, man, for five bucks and a dive bar. Mama needs a cigarette. <laughs> mm. Give me one second. I'll, I'll be pretentious about it and have the long cigarette holder or whatever. Oh, like Corilla DeVille. Yeah, and I'll go to the beauty shop every Sunday and get my hair and set. And your Dalmatian coat. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a coat of like old balls of cat hair that have accumulated in my house. <laughs> yeah. Future's real bright for old Lady Hayes, y'all. So it's just, you've heard the Mariah Carey song too much? It's just, it's, uh... Yeah, but she keeps reinventing herself. People keep saying... She keeps reinventing herself. Oh, yeah. What the crap? <laughs> she's... I might she's, just be making crap up. She's falling apart in front of us, I man. know, she's falling apart in front of us. She is worse, Maybe. she is worse than, okay, do you remember the first, like, air quotes, the first Britney Spears comeback? Yeah. When she did the MTV VMAs, and, you know, Britney... With the snake? No, 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 she was still together then. That was her heyday. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I remember her with the snake. Yeah, th but she, you know, she has her, her falling apart... Kevin Federline whole thing or whatever and she she does the VMAs and it's supposed to be like well Britney's back and every you know yay pop music or whatever and regardless if you like Britney Spears or not chick could dance her rear end off oh and, I noticed yeah well and so it's supposed to be her big comeback or whatever she comes back out on stage and it's this big choreographed number and she is so lethargic and she's missing she's missing cues and stuff like mm. that and it was it was very sad she was not ready to come back uh, yet and when she did when she did her legit comeback it was great but so Mariah Carey I, I, saw, I saw a video of Mariah Carey where she's just honestly She's just standing there with her arms out waiting on these guys to come by and, like, pick her up and move her to another location. Like, move her three feet. And yeah. then she just, you can't, y'all can't see what I'm doing, so it's lost. But Mariah Carey just, like, she's just doped up yeah, out but, of it. But maybe she's gone method in the same way Jim Carrey has gone oh, method. Oh, God bless America. That this is just a grand piece of performance art that, you know, she thinks, she wants you to think that, you know, she's gone crazy, she's a hot you, mess. You don't remember her MTV Cribs episode where she was, like, that was where she started no, I don't. Up. I don't remember Mariah Carey's MTV Cribs episode. <laughs> I remember that show vaguely, but oh, there's oh man, oh god. Yeah, but I, her heart. I think she keeps reinventing herself. You okay. think she's done? She's this early '90s star. She knocked Taylor Dane out. Like everybody was like really Who's getting on the Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane. Who is he? 
It's a she. Who is she? <laughs> Taylor's a Taylor's a unisex name. Oh I can't expect to know who tell Taylor it, Dane is. Tell it to my heart. You don't know. I don't. Oh my God, man! Pull it up. Pull it up. Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane. Okay. So Taylor Dane is like the 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 late eighties, early nineties. She's your your powerhouse vocal oh strong chick. Yeah. Um. And and she's all this stuff, and then Mariah Carey comes out, and she's married to Homeboy from uh, Nick Cannon. No, no, no. This is when she was married to that Tommy Matola dude from uh, okay. from the label, and he's like crafting her career and all this stuff. And she's all, you know, I had a vision of love, and it, you know, great. Mm-hmm. She has an amazing vocal range. I'll, you know, Mariah Carey does, but I mean Taylor Dane, like. Mariah Carey just seems so safe, but Taylor Dan was just like, tell that to my heart. Like, she's real rough and tumble. She's a girl from the street. She's gritty. She's cool. And why will you not play one of her songs? Stop looking at the pictures of Taylor Dan. I was looking at who she was. You know what I mean? Tell it to my heart? Yes. Okay. Crank it. Oh, my God. It's so good. How do you not know this song, Joey? Because I've been under a rock. Oh, this, is, this, this is so good. And Emily, the hour's up. No, oh, no. Yeah. So we're going out to this. Taylor Dane, tell it to my heart. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas, Emily. <laughs> enjoy Christmas with your family. I don't know. I'll enjoy mine with my family. And I'll see you tomorrow, too. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Look at her crimped hair, man. Oh, where's my crimper and my caboodle? Did you leave the studio? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. Joey Clark.